0: Power Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results. What you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over twenty-five years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL fifteen for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, man, the champ is here. I was um I remember, and we, we'll kick it up like the, the travel in, et cetera. But I remember being in the lobby with you. And I don't know if it was the night before. I think it might have been the night before. And you were telling me the numbers you were hoping to hit. And you're like, and you said, look, this is a good day. Who knows? Right. Whatever happens once the battle starts, be like, good day. We should be around 800. And um, I remember being, we were talking about things like next year, if you got to go against Delaney. And uh, that would be the pathway to try to go to Malta IPF open worlds. And like, um, you know, obviously if you win open worlds and Sheffield and all the rest of it, and it's like, shit, man, it's, if you go in the open and you're like, no, I think I could be around 800 today, like tomorrow. And then by then, who knows? And I'm like, fuck, those are big numbers. And sure as shit, you, you hit a, a 797 and a half with room with room and you traveled the other side where you dealt all you dealt with all that. So stateside domestically, by the time PA Nats rolls around, yeah, yeah. You'll be well deep into the eight hundreds, man. So you weren't surprised whatsoever.
1: No, I was not. I think that was like about the ballpark. Um, so I think conservatively for my thirds, we were aiming around like seven, like seven, 87 and a half at the very least. Uh, the upper end would have been 800 if I hit all of my like quote unquote reach thirds, but the reach thirds I actually have set up are numbers that I knew that I could hit based on how my training went, uh, just because we have it set up so that like, I'll basically do another jump every week and I'll still be undershooting. And then so I would be able to go heavier about like a set number per week. And then so that last, like that meet day is basically another jump of the same thing, except for like bench. Um.
0: And did so you ex- it, did you expect everyone else to be like that? Like, were you thinking that should be the one that clinches it, or were you? What were your thoughts on that?
1: So I was expecting everyone to hit around the seven eighty to seven ninety range. I knew as long as I hit around the seven nineties, I would edge out and win. Uh, the only person that was actually the biggest wild card for me was Eduardo because of that squat. Since uh, when I was watching his, uh, nationals, he didn't do particularly well. Um, but, and I expected him, if anything to like do maybe a little bit better at most, but I didn't expect them to like get me be concerned about my deadlift att- attempts at all. I thought I'd be cruising from there, but, uh, he opened quite a bit heavier than I expected, which got my, got me sweating a little bit. So <laughs>
0: dude, here's the thing, um, so we could double back in terms of travel a bit, but that we're talking about the contest. Let's just talk about it. Fuck me, man. When that squat session started, Eduardo loading up 303. And this is not just like powerlifting world records fall every six months, man. Like powerlifting world records don't stand. And a lot of times, like there's so many divisions, age groups, whatever, that um, equipped, unequipped, who the fuck even knows who owns a record? This was a six-year standing. John Hacks. Have you heard of him? He's yes. pretty good. He's pretty good. Pretty Everybody's good. He's good. Yeah. No. Google him, dude. He's he's. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's John Hacks world record that stood um since he battled it out with uh, Brett Gibbs in 2016. I think. Like that's the the John Hack Gibbs battle that everyone talks about in 2016. Um, that one set and that set John hack up for defeating the reigning world champion, Brett Gibbs for that title. Like the historical significance whose record it was when they loaded up three Oh three. I know on this, on the stream, I was like, Holy fuck, this is nuts. because this is a junior here we are. And uh, Eduardo who probably doesn't get near, not probably, he doesn't get nearly enough coverage and hype around him. That's going to change right now. If you could hit this, when they loaded that up, Couple things. A, were you like, were you aware and paying attention? Because sometimes people have the blinders. And B, were you like, fuck me, this, if this is where top end strength is at, who knows what the rest of the day is going to look like?
1: So I knew, like, at least with his uh, bench, that it would probably not go particularly great. And I think for a bunch of the other competitors, at least. That i was caring about like i didn't really expect too much i'll be leading in terms of total but that extra chip that 303 uh and I, I i was genuinely impressed by it because i thought it would do like maybe like just fairly chip it uh like i think it was two, 298 i think was the record right yeah, yeah. Uh, i thought he would do this like 298 and a half no he just decided to like go five kilos heavier instead of just doing like he could have even done like a two and a half he did a five instead yeah. and like blew that record out in smithereens it's ridiculous so i was like genuinely impressed for like a good five minutes uh i wanted to congratulate him but he kind of seemed like two in the zone so I, I don't want to bother him like that i'm not the type of guy that wants to bother people when they're in the zone um i know at least in the background nick and nathan were bothering each other half the time and we're like making very small comments like oh That's not that, (laughs) that. it's the funniest thing ever Uh, after I heard the commentary, I'm just like, I'm glad that I wasn't like uh, warming up with with them because I felt like that might have gone into my head. I don't know, usually I kind of just ignore that stuff but I never had that happen to me period, so.
0: The thing is you guys, and I noticed this like in the, like leading up to afterwards, um, you know, around the Wayans, you guys are all extremely friendly or at least like, like you know, that was my impression anyways. Like you guys, do you guys all talk? Um, certainly you and Nick seem to to have some kind of rapport.
1: Uh, I mean, we are in a couple of group chats. So uh, we talk a lot, I think, during them. Um, I think Nathan was more so of a recent de- development, I guess. So I think we're all just like kind of chill about going it going about it. Like whoever wins, who are, like just wins. Like, and I don't think we want to disrespect people that so at least that's how i saw them viewing the entire situation so um i guess like for me even though i do like kind of trash talk time to time i like do want to give respect to whatever like the person's doing and you know i don't want to like have someone ruin my execution and then so i don't want to ruin someone else's execution at all so i don't usually like to trash talk trash during um the meet or anything like that
0: yeah. So, like essentially you want to beat the best version yeah, and you bring especially. the best version and let's just see who's
1: stronger as opposed yeah. to
0: like trying to do the Conor McGregor, Muhammad Ali thing, getting in somebody's head. And-
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just don't prefer it. Uh, right. So, and if people try to do it with me, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm just not interested. So I'll probably just don't know. And would, could, I could probably care less uh, just cause I know I hit like can hit the standard uh, even with the new bench rule. Uh, I should be able to hit that standard. So, um, but no. Well, yeah. And
0: we'll talk about that. We can talk about the bench rule in a sec, but, um, Oh
1: boy. boy.
0: (laughs) Well, say whatever you want to say, but, um, leading into, so, but you do engage in some trash talk on social media. What are your like thoughts on all that?
1: Um, I think, it's not necessarily inherently bad. I wouldn't say it's good either. It has to be done tastefully, I guess. Um, I think if it brings up more competition as a whole, then I think that's better for the entire community and, like, actually upholding these top lifters as well. Um, I think the, it's funny how, like, there was only, like, internal trash talking, I think, if anything, at the most. Uh, it wasn't even, like, public at all, at least with the eighty three, so... Mm. Uh, I don't even remember what's been said. Uh, I don't think anything has been said to me. I know I've at least overheard that Nathan. So when I think Sean Noriega uh, posted, that would be me versus Nick, basically. Uh, I think Nathan messaged Sean saying that, oh, they're going to fight for the second spot or something. That's it. It wasn't even with like... Uh, yeah, you should directly. That, yeah. yeah, it's just like... Um, it's just like trash talking. like I guess like... The, like trash I guess I behind someone else's back I mean I don't really care for that because I don't hear it so uh you can do whatever the hell you want I guess so
0: I mean when it's kind of like you said when it's talking about placement and shit like that it is you're so you're expected to think you're going to win and Nathan was coming in the number one nomination it's not like he's um yeah these guys coming in eighth and it's like you're trying to interject yourself into the conversation when you're not really in the conversation huh you know what I mean? Like Some people yeah. are like, I think Russ talked about it where he's like, look, it's all good if me and you are battling it out and you have thoughts about it. But if you're coming in 15th and you're tagging me, I'm probably not going to respond to you because you're trying to interject yourself and you're probably not even in that conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, surprisingly though, actually, well, it's not even surprising. Like was, the battle was pretty close. So if I missed up any of my thirds, then I would have lost. So uh, yeah. I, I think, well, at least on that's a squat I would have lost by, by, uh, by, by 0. 0.5 kilos and a bench. I still would have technically won, but then like people would have loaded something different to try to pull for the win. So,
0: well, once you lose, once you lose, once you miss a lift, the game changes a little bit for your game planning. Then you, you're like, ah, fuck where are we at? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, th- things can start unraveling on you, but you're right. It was, it was, close is reasonably close anyways, for sure. Like you yeah. won by 15 kilo or so, but you got a guy like Nick, whom, um, started like he, he was missing all his thirds where it's like, shit, you can miss, you missed your third squat is one thing, but if you would have hit that third squat, that's extra kilos, you wouldn't have had to load up for the dead. And like things just start dominoing on you. That's why staying, not overshooting and staying in the pocket to an extent helps. But, uh, were you nervous about who were you most nervous about going in?
1: Uh, So initially, I was most worried about uh, Nick because he's definitely the biggest wild card. Um, For Nathan himself, um, I kind of predicted around the right range. Uh, So I wasn't particularly concerned. As long as I hit the numbers I needed, like, that I know I'll get hit, then technically I shouldn't have to worry about it. It's just, like, I think going to my uh, beds, my fingers started cramping uh, just after the first attempt, too. And it did not feel like the lightest either for first attempt. I'm a very fast, like, lifter for all my lifts. So even if something looks really, really easy, it would probably, like, be, like, close to, like, a seven and a half, eight, realistic. Hmm. So um, at least within, like, the first attempts. So except for I guess for squat was, like, really ridiculously easy. for was, like, smiling, being hella confident with that entire pizzazz. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick was definitely a wild card, and then like I got concerned the moment uh, I saw Eduardo uh, edging me out by 0.5 kilos on the uh, on the uh, on the projected total for the first time. So um, it, was scary. <laughs> it was scary. I I was never nervous in my entire life, like like not just like with like, cause I've done like a lot of any sort of like really big things, too. I have not ever like want I literally wanted to shit in my pants. At this point, so it was especially with Nick's third deadlift, uh, too. I was screaming after I was like, Thank God! I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Canadian, God's American, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like the uh, I think one of the Canadian coaches probably got upset with me. I wouldn't be surprised, he should because <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you gonna re- look at? I don't think Not- he, there was anything wrong with him saying that. I there wasn't anything with Montserrat either. It's just it is what it is, so dude, look, I, I
0: get where some people root for their competitor to get their last pull and knock, take away their gold. All right, that's very commendable. But if I'm straight up honest, man, if I'm in gold medal position and you're about to pull to get that gold, I am hoping and praying you miss. It is what it is. But it's the world title. Nobody's like, oh, I'm so happy that I came in second at the world championship. <laughs> you want to go home, tell your friends and family, coworkers, but yeah, I'm a fucking world champion. And this is how it went. Like, you know, it is, I'm sure the Canadian coaching staff understood.
2: It's, yeah. a, it's a weird sport too, where like you could potentially win and celebrate without being on the platform like in football, basketball, baseball, everything like that, you're on the field and you see one team celebrate the win and one team, you know, be disappointed that they lost. For you, it's like, yeah, Nick is pulling on the platform and you're in the warm room standing watching the TV. And so then you see he missed and you celebrate. And I think you can even hear your screams on the live stream a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> here's,
0: here's what you should have did, Sean. As soon as Nick missed, should have came back out to the platform started celebrating. Going, you were shy, you were everybody. That would have pissed off the Canadians and some other people.
1: So like some is- integrity at least like people think i'm like not. In- i'm like fr- brutally honest on my stories i don't know if you've seen any of my stories about that like, is,
0: yeah. yeah
1: about like me calling up on people and like me saying how like some things are ridiculous like i will if i find something ridiculous or dumb doesn't matter who it is i'll probably say something about
0: it so um, <laughs> what, what, like, what, so let's talk about that a little bit um yeah what are some of the things that you have called out in the stories that A, you think were justified, B, you think maybe took some flack and you shouldn't have?
1: Um, I guess the big thing that actually – I think the biggest thing about blew-up was uh, I was talking about, like, the 82 and a halfs with, like, USAPL Nationals and how, like, Angelo Gruden and a couple other guys could potentially take over Russ. Uh, I mean, it was, like, a very brief thing. I talked about Russ for, like, maybe, like, an eighth of it and then everything else was about the potential of these other guys essentially and afterwards then i see that angela repost my story i'm like okay that's cool i mean i did tag him after all and afterwards i see russ uh share my story by screenshotting uh angela's thing i was a little bit concerned and then i was like oh this can't go badly right and then i have a lot of these like uh russ fanboys i guess like coming up to me on my DM thing. Oh you're like insecure or whatever. Let's like, start trash talking. I'm just like, is that worth my time. And uh, and I'll, I'll also just like, did you guys read the actual entire thing and think about it in some context? Do you, you see how like Russ was only like an eighth of it? And then everything, like literally everything else is about everything else. And then so I'm not afraid to call out on people's stupidity. And then the moment I do, then they all get defensive about it. And I try to say something ridiculous back, which I just don't care. It's
0: not what what was was it literally just you thought um, Angelo might
1: beat Russ or whoever I might? I guess a potential. Like I always think there's like a potential to beat someone. Doesn't matter. Like especially if you're like around I think like a 15 plus range. I, and and plus like Angelo's training was looking really good. Like Rudin's training was looking really good. Yeah, um, I would say I would have said uh, Sean's training has looked pretty good, but. Uh, he hasn't been executing on the platform. I'll still see him winning, but you know, technically right now, Russ is the stronger lifter. Um, so even there is like a 10 kilo, maybe even fifteen kilo gap, I'll see someone like winning. Will it actually happen? Not necessarily, realistically, even if it's like uh, even if it's like a five percent chance of like someone winning, say there's no percentage. But like I'll keep like a number in mind. Like someone has like a low percentage of winning, I could still technically see them winning it's just probably not going to happen most of the case.
0: So. It, the thing like, like, look, you don't got to tell me, I do a preview show leading up to all of these things and you pick winners and like, I mean, it's not a, it's just a sports prediction. Like in terms of like someone taking it personally um, and I'm not saying rusted, but like anybody out there who might, um, you know, it's like, man, this is just sports. It's literally like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win you know, whatever matchups. UFC is on tonight. You pick a winner. It's not like I like this person more or the person I'm I'm picking against is an asshole. It's not that it's literally like, look at here's what I'm seeing. This is what I'm predicting. And it's tough, man. Like I do preview shows for all of these me and and for all of these like big meets, you got to pick a winner, man. I've I've picked against Russ before when he went against Brett the second time and um, on the preview show. And my man took audio clips of me doing it. It made a video with me (laughs) picking against them and then highlights of him beating Brett. And I was like, Oh shit. I made a highlight reel. You get egg on your face. Sometimes it is what it is. But, um, I think as long as it's, I understand what you mean, where it's like, look at if it's sports talk, it you know, it's not a personal attack. As long as people stay understanding that now, sometimes shit can spiral out and then people like, Oh, you like not, not Russ, but again, people might jump in and start personally attacking you because you picked against a certain person. And then it's like, fuck, all right, well, this is going to degrade into something else.
1: Yeah. It's why I kind of avoid talking about that fan base now. So I would rather not, cause I, I do respect Russ as a lifter. Like otherwise, like he would not win nationals back to back to back to back. And yeah. also like you, Won two world titles, so like obviously right now he's like the best lifter in the '82 and a half '83. It's like there's no contesting that. So I don't know why people got so trigger happy in terms of like trying to DM me saying that I'm wrong when I didn't necessarily say that he was gonna lose. I just saw someone else like having the potential to win, even if it's a very low chance. Like even though like I would want someone to win, like I'm always gonna support Sean because I'm under the Tenori brand, right? The numbers don't really match up. It's like not realistic at the same time. So, like, I'm a really big stats guy. So, it like it's hard for me to like kind of go against that in terms of like who I actually expect to win versus like who I want to win. So, um, yeah, that's that's it. To be honest, (laughs) there's nothing else to it.
0: Here's the thing: when when things are posted as well in on social media, and it's just straight up like obviously it's it's written, it's copy there's no tone to it. Like before I met you, I don't know how your tone came off when I read copy, but you can't tell. I met you in Turkey, Istanbul. I'm like, he's a good guy. I sh- We shot the shit that one night for hours in the lobby. Like there was a group of us there, but like, Easy peasy, and not even powerlifting, man. We just started shooting shit. I think we're actually going to get an apartment together when you make millions doing your <laughs> whatever. Uh, whatever works out with you, we can talk about all of that later. Stay in contact though. But um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's no context where it's like I, at the very least, I have um, you know, a podcast where I could expand on my thoughts and people could hear my tone and understand, like, if I'm saying, look, I'm going to pick this person to win. It doesn't mean like in this battle, I picked Nick manners to win, but I'm like explaining why I'm not a a prophet. Sean wins half hats off to him. It's not like a personal thing. Yeah, Yeah. It's just sports talk. And then you could be And I fucking, you meet, you meet people like, yeah, I like that guy, whatever. Um, but at least people can hear your tone and you could expand on thoughts. That's the problem. with so social media you just write something and tag it. People often, if they have an emotional attachment towards the outcome, even if it's a sport, they'll take the tone differently, maybe than intended. That's the fucked up part where that's tough,
1: man. That's where you get caught. Right. I guess it's just like, why I don't get why people are so like emotionally invested. Like, you're not even like, I guess like if you want to support, like, you know the guy that you look up to but if someone trash talks someone. yeah I guess I can see that but like even if I like am supportive of someone someone starts talk like talking trash like let the person who's like let like the guy that you respect deal with it like you don't need your fan fan base to kind of do xyz I, I guess like I just never understood that mentality like that's like one of the few things that I don't get but well, I guess I kind of get it I just like respectfully think it's dumb. <laughs> that's it there's nothing else to
0: it <laughs> it's a, uh, it's weird okay so in sports in general um like for instance, you have probably the, the worst case scenarios is like soccer hooligans you know the football hooligans who will literally fucking scrap like gangs and parking lots over in europe and places yeah and you show up in the wrong place like i talked to some people who are european south american about going to a football game and they're like just understand when you wear a certain team's jersey or colors, we're talking like gang talk now, you better sit in the right spot. You better go to the right vending stand because shit can jump off. That's the extreme in sports. We aren't used to the the bigger powerlifting gets. The more, I don't think we're gonna get into that situation, but the more you are going to see people, they become like tribal with it. Like this is my guy and this is my team. And it, things start getting like that. Um, I don't fully understand to that extent, but as like a boxing fan, MMA fan, like I'm a huge Muhammad Ali fan. I'll, I won't take it personal. Someone doesn't like Ali first off, but I'll fucking debate to the early hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, are you fucking crazy? He reigned during the toughest era of, you know, what I, mean? all, I don't know what it is, man. It's it's sports dudes and sports. We get fucking barbershop talk all of a
1: sudden. Yeah. I, I'm like, I did not grow up watching sports. I'm like the most stereotypical, uh, like. Uh, Asian kid, you can never meet. (laughs) (laughs) I know you went into tech. You're a smart dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh, as much as I would like to watch stuff, like I know, like at least uh, in the US, the Big Ten for like colleges, like I know those can get super rowdy. But like, uh, especially Rutgers versus Penn State, I've heard rumors where like people would get trampled over, like during like those like uh, I guess those games too. So. I kind of wanted to low-key witness one. I mean, like, Rutgers is not too far for me. Like, it's, like, in New Jersey. I'm, like, only, like, an hour away. Um, So I've always wanted to, like, kind of watch these, like, Big Tens, like, or any, just, like, even, like, an actual, like, American football game because, like, those are, like, actually hype, I feel like, compared to, like, some of the other sports. So, but, and I could kind of see why more so in those sports specifically. I don't know. I guess, like, I feel like piloting is way too niche right now for that to happen. But Again, like the sport's growing, so it's bound to happen eventually. And I would probably also agree, probably not to the same magnitude though, So It's
0: like, it's starting, put it this way. When I first started, um, it was like, there was no Instagram. Fucking Facebook was relatively new. I know you're thinking, well, you're 25. No, I'm actually in my, uh, in my forties only, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was like, all this is, is crazy to me. To even see camps begin where people like Team Nori, Team Russ, Team whatever the shit. And having like all these podcasts and all the rest of it. All this is relatively, in terms of history, relatively new. In the U.S., in the South, when it's college football and you're in Alabama, you do not cross that line and start rooting for the other college. There's two Alabama colleges. Family generations, if your son goes to the other side doggy that doesn't i asked somebody when i was in alabama what happens when that happens and the guy's like oh no no that doesn't happen (laughs) you know he was like my friend so this is like um you know maybe in 20 years there is that nori russ where your fucking father was always a russ fan or whatever the shit i don't know that's not gonna work because it's not gonna go on for generations but you know in terms of uh that kind of tribal fucking impact of it who knows man the bigger we get the more people are going to start picking their camps like this it's a good thing and a bad thing it means you're getting bigger it means people yep. are starting to care if people aren't like this this is what happens in sports and if people don't start caring like that they don't then people just don't give a fuck um but what about some other stuff because you got have you got a heat with other stuff you said on social media uh
1: i've got i talked about like politics here and there and then afterwards like i like would put Something like anonymous about like a specific politics question, and usually ah. I just go like I'm a conservative Christian. You could deal with whatever you want in terms of that, uh, and then yeah. I would get I I got like eight messages afterwards on the like anonymous like forum saying how I'm a degenerate or whatever. Jesus. So people were a little bit triggered about that, but I guess it's because I talked about politics in the first place. I'm not going to go into that specifically because I don't point do that. But I think generally the I I would say I'm, like, even though I'm not the, well, uh, the most well-spoken individual, per se, I think my thoughts are relatively thought out, where, like, as long as you're a reasonable person, you can understand and still disagree with me, which I completely understand, so, but, like, and I only care for those people, I could care less about, like, some random telling me I'm a degenerate or an idiot, or, like, um, or just anything else like that, so, uh, so there's that, and then, um, I guess like I have some comments about like especially when I talk about some of my tech stuff too about like salaries and everything. Um, I guess people get triggered about that because I'm like flexing it um, when I'm just like this is literally the stats. I just happen to do a little bit better at the moment. There's nothing else to it. Um, and then like people seem to have a pretty big ego. I do have a big ego too, but like like especially winning worlds. I don't think anyone wouldn't have like a bigger ego from. Yeah, or I had to go world. through your
0: agent for this, you said. <laughs> and then you asked for money, and uh, it was it was a big to-do, but I'm yeah. glad you're here.
1: <laughs> and then, so with that, it's just like, uh, I mean, like, I would say, like, my ego's gotten bigger, but I wouldn't say it's, like, that bad, to be honest. I would say I'm still pretty clear honest in terms of, like, what I think about things. Um, I do have to watch a little bit more in terms of what I say because, like, I'm representing more people now. So it's kind of important for me to kind of, elaborate and Ill- illustrate things without having it to be taken out of context so because a lot of the things I've said that's been taken out of context I'm, it just annoys the crap out of me because like like you just take word for word and ingest it for like five minutes you'll be fine like you don't have to overthink this don't underthink this just read it as it is that's it like and like, I, like I'm pretty sure I showed that like complete honesty too and uh, a good. Amount of people that like follow me, like get that at least. But like these random people like would come up to my stories randomly and just say random crap. It's like, okay, well, um, A, you're an idiot for saying this because you don't exactly know the context of like what I'm saying. Uh and at this point now, I just expect it. And um, B, when uh the KOTL commenters, especially with the most recent bench uh post uh rule changes, has not been it to say the least. I've uh, wanted to bash my head against the wall with listening to some of the comments in terms of stuff, but I guess that's like coming for me. So, but that's it. (laughs) It's a, yeah,
0: you raise a good point. Like, um, now that you're a world champion and and moving forward, period. Now that you're, you're, you're going to be in the eight hundreds doors are going to start opening up things. Doors will open up otherwise in terms of sponsorship, in terms of like, look at, you're going to the world championship in the open. Let's say you win that. Oh, are you going to Sheffield? Let's say you go to, Sheffield. even if you can't run second out worlds, you might still go to Sheffield. Um, As long as it's a phenomenal battle, who knows what doors are going to open up. Now, SPD is bringing you in. Now you're getting sponsored by, who knows what the shit's going to happen. All of a sudden, previous generation powerlifters didn't have to worry about this, but once money gets involved, sponsors get involved, bigger limelight. Now you're like, all right, do I keep, Continuing talking about politics, or do I do this in the background? Do I, you know, or it's it becomes
1: that it's 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 tough. Have you thought I, about that, or are you like fuck? Maybe I... I for like a second, but like right now, in terms of like, uh, go on. I'm going to talk about tech real quick. Um, yeah. So especially with like with my job specifically. So for those who are listening, I actually work as a software engineer, engineer at Snapchat. I recently joined like uh, a year ago. So, and I make a crap ton. Like I'm already in like the top, like 1% within like my income bracket. And I'll be, uh, well, within my age group specifically, but I'll already hit the top 1% within a year, basically. Year. Um, and it'll be very easy for me to do that technically um, based on like how I've been like performing at work and stuff. So um, it's like, I have like, even though the sponsorships would be nice and it would like lay off some of the costs, like, if I want to be in terms of like being honest in terms of what I say and some of the contracts I have work to sign like don't really showcase that per se, then I'll be like, mm, I'm not necessarily sure if it's really worth it for me because like the nine to five that I have right now makes a crap ton of money. Like I'm hitting close to 200K within my first year, which is ridiculous. Like that should not be happening. Uh, and I'll be closing in like, like halfway through seven figures by the time like I turn 26, 27. Um, and that's without like me trying to do other investments stuff too, which I find I'm like going to real estate and doing some of the other financial stuff in the future and like getting financial advice to see like, what would be best for me to do those things. So because of that, I'm in a really good financial place at the moment. I feel like I can leverage that to kind of just say, whatever the heck I want. So, uh, and if like the sponsorship that I do receive or like have that, like talking with don't like that, then I'm just like, well, I guess it's not going to work out. Unless uh, so they're offering me something like crazy where I can replace my entire job. But I highly doubt that, especially because of like that specific type of defense I want right now compared to like, uh, I guess like the sponsorship that like, and on top of the sponsorship that would like maybe come from it if I were to do like target like a different audience. So um, yeah, it's it's,
0: there's something about and I'm I'm the same way in that I have a day job that's not attached to powerlifting. Uh, my salary bracket is not yours, young man. Okay, but <laughs> but i make a good living. And um, I don't have, a, I don't got to work. Anything that might come from powerlifting is a bonus. And I'll just put back into KOTL for whatever the heck. So no. in terms of freedom, there's something about like nobody can impact me any more than what are you going to do? Uh, you know, it's uh, you're, you're, uh, it, it, there's not going to be an impact like that, which is nice in terms of um, being able to voice your opinion. On the flip side, um, you know, as long as you can take the heat, I don't get into politics like online. It's not really my thing. But yeah. in, in, just in terms of the overall general argument, like you're saying, where at the very least, you're not going to be impacted like that. Um, and the beautiful thing about the way it's set up it's a meritocracy. You win Nats, you're on the national team. You go to Worlds, like you sort it out on the platform and you're going to win Worlds. I, and it's, it's a meritocracy in that respect. Um, you know, I, It's very difficult to think that, I don't know when's the last time, and Arian, maybe you would know, if somebody actually won a nationals and didn't go to Worlds due to what they said online. I can't think of off the top of my head anybody not going on a national team because something they said online or I don't think so. There might've been some kind of repercussions or whatever, but not like literally to the point of your career now is usually it's meritocracy and we sort it out.
2: Yeah. I mean, IPF has their code of conduct and, and the national federation has their own code of conduct, but it doesn't really have to anything to do with politics or religion or your job or anything like that. It's more, it's more if like you're, Attacking like you know someone within the federation. Like there was once like at a meet where there was like a argument. It was like a verbal threat from one member to another one. The other person reported and stuff like that. And so like it's more of that stuff. So if you're not like you know attacking specific people like verbally like f- threatening them or physically threatening them in persons like that, they don't really care what you're what you're posting or saying.
1: Um, I would say kind of the otherwise because I have some, said some stuff about like federations and stuff, and especially because like I recently won. And I asked that, like, uh, A and how I felt about the, these things. I was told to take it down after because because uh, I didn't bring it up to them, per se. <clears throat> Which, I completely respect that aspect uh, just because I should technically bring it up to them before kind of saying all these things. So, And I'm going to give them a chance, at least, before having to actually say something about it. I'm not going to talk about what I said, per se, because I don't think that's necessary. And I trust like powerlifting america and ipf uh to hopefully like resolve some of the issues that i had uh with them before so
2: yeah here's it, the f- sorry go ahead Aaron. no i was just gonna say it depends one on how it's said like i know like if we go back like we'll go back to another uh issue so that like it's not involved with what we're talking about but like when uh robert wilkes in australia left the ipf there was a lot of arguing about them leaving the IPF and starting their own thing. And a lot of the Australian members were like, you know, saying stuff online. But it wasn't like it wasn't always just like arguing a point and they're arguing a point. It was more like attacking them and calling the IPF execs like, you know, names and like threatening them and sending them emails and and the IPF had to like ban some other Instagram accounts and stuff like that so that they weren't leaving comments. So it's like sometimes it's like what you're saying, like the way you're saying it, that kind of stuff like that. And then maybe like in your situation, maybe it wasn't anything bad but maybe they were trying to not coming to like force you to take it down, but maybe in a nice way saying like, Hey, if you came to us first, we can resolve this stuff like that. You don't have to go post online. Like they were trying to resolve the situation by like talking to you directly and seeing if they can get it taken down rather than saying, Oh, you have to take it down or else you're never going to be part of our federation again.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, and I wanted to respect that. Cause like they, like Robert Trello came up to me and like, we talked for quite a bit about like just that. And I just, I'm going to respect that for now. So, um, and there's some things that I would like, like to change. I feel like every single person would have something to say regardless of what federation they're a part of um, about like some, some real changes. I know like a lot of us aren't happy for about the, or at least it's like, it's mixed in terms of the mental change, for example. Um, uh, and then like uh, maybe some of the locations in terms of like where nationals worlds, it's like for that, for example, um, I know that it can easily get political in that aspect. So um, like, I want to make sure that what I'm saying here doesn't necessarily reflect that. It's just, uh, I guess a little bit more annoying, like I had to consider it a little bit more in terms of like eligibility till that, ah, gosh, I can't talk right now. El- uh, eligibility, eligibility. eligibility. <laughs> Fuck El- eligibility. Tough- you fucked
0: me up too, man. I couldn't get it out either.
1: <laughs> oh God. Uh, and then, so I think it's just like, it kind of hinders in terms of like what I have to say, but I feel like at the same time, like I don't have to say it yet, so I keep it to myself. I'm I feel like it's necessary. So I think timing is also extremely important too. do. So um, yeah, I, I think like I'm, I'm like learning as like I'm like I'm having the stage, even though like I only I, I don't have that many followers. Other people, so
0: That's going to change though. Here's a bunch of things that are going to start changing. Your relevance (laughs) just increased like fucking tenfold. First off, you're a world champion now. And now we'll get into that one sec. Let's get into that one sec. First off, just off off these ideas. I I know what you mean where um, now you're going to be in a position where there's some things that need, you should be able to discuss things, but how you bring up topics to discuss and the tone and verbiage used Become different. Whereas a normal guy, sorry, how old are you? You're 23. 23, yeah. yeah. So a normal 23-year-old on social media just fucking could pop off and say whatever he wants, really, right? As long as it doesn't impact his nine to five. 23 years old, dog. You you just you do your thing. You're now just becoming you just change from a normal 23-year-old online, whereas nine to five probably doesn't care, to a world champion 23-year-old with people from around the world are gonna start hearing you. Even on this podcast, et cetera, people around the world are going to listen to this and hear it. So it changed. So now it's like, okay, not necessarily you can't, if you have, if you have things like look at respectfully, um, I understand we're doing this for this event, this venue, this location, et cetera, here are my thoughts. It's all about articulating it and trying to find the best platform to do. So this is audio long format. You can expand your thoughts, et cetera but I know what you mean. you are like, fuck me. I got to think about this now. Whereas previously I could fire off at the hip. It's not going to hit too many people who gives a shit, yep. but to the point of at least now, you know, whereas that could be quote unquote, a little annoying, like, oh, fuck, I got to think about this now, but at least now, you know, people are listening. That's why you got to think about this now.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. I guess I'm like relatively unhinged for the most part. And the people who like try to challenge me fail to do so miserably. So, um, That that won't always happen.
0: Now that your platform's bigger, you'll have some smart intellectual people come in and you're like, fuck me. You know what I mean? Like, it won't Um, all be...
1: I I would, like, this this might sound cocky for me. Like, the likelihood of me finding someone within the palace lifting scene that I find to be more intelligent than me is going to be very rare. Like, extremely rare. rare. Like, you have to, like, essentially be around the same level I'm at. I have to be smarter than me. And I'm not, like, downplaying anyone else, per se, but I wouldn't like be making like six six figures from just like a like a nine to five, like and, like it's like a not like a low six figures either per se, just from me being stupid, you know, like like I have like to have some type of articulation and, and uh, be able to like, think well to be in a position where I'm at. So and, like the, again, like the specific audience I do want to target uh, most so. Um, more so and like trying to converge like you know powerlifting and tech together uh to like trying to like reduce t- those like specific niches which uh you don't know too many You're, like i'm probably like the only one you probably know that does tech and work uh is a powerlifter so uh and there are like a couple of people who have been reaching out to me in terms of that and like i want to make an impact like towards them if anything so um, well,
0: like well, um yeah no shit dude you could be a huge asset for that yeah what what are I mean you probably can't talk too much about those things.
1: Um, I guess it depends on like what we're we're talking about per se. Like I can talk about like my job itself, but I think it's like pretty boring. Uh, the TLDR version is I work on like data backend uh, for having for basically getting metric. I like to for to develop a metrics from raw data essentially. So that's like what I do essentially. Uh, but like. On the other flip side, in terms of like what I plan on doing with like my actual job and my credentials, essentially at this point, is to like uh, help college students uh, kind of build like a regiment um, to be flexible with what they do. Cause I find my full-time job to be a lot easier than school and uh, top of like all the powerlifting training, which sounds bizarre, uh, but like I used to, like back in junior year, I would take like PhD classes cause I want to have to like do that for like my fifth year masters. Uh, Like if I want to even be qualified, uh, not even like considered for it uh, to like get to the fifth year masters for like my, for machine learning on top of like uh, doing powerlifting training, uh, like being a teacher assistant, research assistant. uh, I also was doing like Bible study stuff on top of that too. So it was like basically juggling, juggling like 80 to hundred hours worth of like stuff to do every week on top of powerlifting training. And then so, and I've still got like eight hours sleep a day. Uh, and I've like also managed to figure out how to optimize my work. So I don't have to like work, like do actual like homework or like study as much and just focus on everything else. So, and I want to provide those research resources because I've kind of developed those skills on my own. And I, I pl- probably plan on like shooting out a form on my bio sometime soon, probably either today or tomorrow um and because I know people were interested in terms of like getting like a mentorship in terms of um, getting advice not just like within like tech but I think generally as whole as a whole so and I kind of wanted like step into like that teaching field of like being efficient with your time and setting up your goals and so on and so forth so um and like on top of like me being like a competitive powerlifter uh coming from like a like now coming from like a pretty good background uh, I feel like I'm like relatively well qualified to do to the to do this. So,
0: yeah. I mean, now that you're a world champion in terms of like any kind of, if you do seminars, public speaking, you show up at uh business chamber of commerce. Um, I don't know if you guys got those, we've got those in Canada where it's just literally local businesses meet once a week and talk business, talk like strategy, talk, whatever they're doing. And people get brought in to speak. Um, and they love bringing in former athletes who can tell their story about winning and like, you know, that everyone gets inspired by athletes, but also can compare it to and draw comparisons to business, et cetera. Now that you got a world title and you have everything you've done business wise in the background, and that's only going to expand. You're only 23. So you can imagine while your athletic career, you're doing what you're doing now far beyond that business can range as long as you want. Well, as long as you want to stay in the game, you 100% could start doing things like that. And, and the dryness of talking about business gets offset with comparisons to the athletic career and comparisons to and start drawing stories of, um, which helps, man. If you can bring that together for sure, dude. It's uh you could definitely make money. In public speaking, if you take a look at what some of these public speakers make once they start building, it's it's a lot, man. It's worth your time to get out of bed. But it is true. I do think a lot of people don't use their time wisely and schedule themselves wisely. And if they don't have a normal nine to five job, like a lot of people in powerlifting, sometimes they don't have necessarily that nine to five job. They're not used to um, tight timelines and, you know, the meetings and the whole, like the structure of it. And that can help greatly. That's a huge asset to be like, you are not optimizing your time and your resources. Here's what you can do. Especially a guy like you, who's like, someone's like, I'm busy. And you're like, you're not as busy as you think you are. You know, yeah. you're not as busy as you think you are. Let me, let me see your schedule. If I rearrange it, you know, how much more fucking free time I could probably find to allocate towards projects.
1: Yeah. It, like that's exactly like what I was like going for. And the thing is too, my schedule is not the busiest out of everyone I knew at the time, like 80 to hundred probably is relatively normal. If anything, maybe like slightly above average, I'll see like kids like from the computer science department, like grinding out like a hundred like, close to, like, a full day's worth, they will get six hours a day of sleep, like, and then like, we would literally be working on projects only, or, That's like, uh, like it's, it's ridiculous, so, like, the insane work that, like, i see seen at my school, uh, Carnegie Mellon, by the way, uh, it's, uh, it's absurd, like, uh, I guess it's probably because they're salty if we're not getting into, like, MIT or Stanford, <laughs> any of the schools, so they want to prove other people wrong, and, like, get to that level, which, like, my school is honestly amazing for um but if you're like going for anything else I- i'm not sure if like you'll probably be eating up and like your mental health will probably be destroyed uh completely and like everything's going to be out-, out the window so um not looking in down on that necessarily per se but like if you're like not retrospected at all and like not know how to take time off even if you are busy uh it's going to really be really difficult so
0: That's the balance, man. You could burn right out. Your mental health could go out the window. It's difficult, man, that balance. That's insane, those hours you just said, by the way, that people allocate towards school and projects and whatnot. I can't imagine, man, just waking up and back in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but like now they're making like 350, 400K within their first year. It's ridiculous. Like if you go into FinTech specifically, um, which is probably like the best and also worst place because you'll be stressed out of your mind 24 seven. Oh, you'll be like, if you perform pretty well, you'll make like close, to, like close to half of seven figures. That's an absurd thing to think about as like someone that's like working kind of like, not like a normal day job per se, but it's not like uh, anything like content creation or something where like it could like go to that, might like, be that far as well. So it's like an absurd number to think about just like from you just like writing, like typing and writing numbers. <laughs> So. It's
0: it's crazy. I guess the thought is like, if you grind right now and it's a ridiculous grind, but if you grind now for like you said, you could be retired within your 20s. Uh,
1: Like if I went to FinTech, I could probably retire by like 27.
0: That's fucking crazy. Man.
1: That's crazy. You I mean, you're in your 20s be done? That'd be crazy. Yeah, I could just buy like a house like in like Jersey or like even in LA as it's around the two mil range, put a 400K down payment. Or I could just pay it all off immediately by just like uh, putting my share, like putting all my bonuses on top of that, like to that house, household, so on and so forth. And kind of just like chill, live my life however I want. And then just like maybe pay some fees here and there. I'm not exactly sure how like the real estate stuff works per se, um, but it wouldn't be too difficult for me to like, oh, oh, oh," and like, I'm taking like the the longer, but more like life, work-life balance lifestyle right now technically. So I had the flexibility, but I'm still making like a crap ton. So, um, but the only thing is, is that like, if the country goes to crap, uh, no one's going to care about a software engineer. <laughs> so I'm not going to be useful at all, but until then that happens, uh, I'll, I'll be making like this amount and like it will, and it'll, it will only grow linearly at this point. So
0: it's, um, the thing too, well, well, first off, yeah, I mean, who knows what happens uh, economically, but technology is technology. I don't think yep. we're, you know, you can only see us going, leaning more and more in towards it. And we were talking in the Lobby about how a lot of times in terms of the tech community, it's very big to get shares or be offered shares. And I was telling you about how like an, an amazing movie is um, The Social Network. Have you seen it, Arian, with, uh, I, I know Sean hadn't seen it yet. Have you seen it uh, with uh, Justin Timberlake?
2: No, I haven't seen it yet.
0: Dog, first off, Justin Timberlake fucking murders in this room. <laughs> but the social network is about the creation of Facebook. And Facebook is the real first big one that blew. I know there's MySpace and all the rest of it. But Facebook changed the game. And they talk about how early stages, they didn't have a lot of money up front. So what they could offer people to come on board was shares within the company. And some people were like, this is shares and what? Uh, an idea and this is before things blew. So they had no idea. So like this sounds you're giving, you're offering me shares in a company, but it could be mean nothing. I could be working for almost free or at a massive discount. And other people are like, you know what? Fuck it. I make whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. I'll take your shares. It it, maybe it's a discount. And I end up working for 50% of what I normally do. Fuck it. I'll take the job. And there's guys who were just doing interior design and shit like that became multi-millionaires because they got these Facebook shares that completely blew up. And then after that, it became part of culture, I guess, where it's like in tech, it's like, look at how do we get some money going? Well, everybody knows if this blows, it's almost like a, a, an investment. It is an investment, obviously. Just give me your time and um, we'll give you a salary, but we're also going to give you some shares. And if this fucking blows, you're set. If it doesn't blow, okay, whatever. But you could be fucking sad, sad. Um, and you were saying how that kind of works as well for a lot of companies now in terms of tech, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, so as long as you're like a well-established tech company, you probably get like a decent base salary on top of stocks, on top of like any performance or sign-on bonuses that you could possibly get. So uh, that will easily range from like, well, this is like only if, because like the thing is, it's really hard to break into like the top tech, to be honest, like, Percentage-wise, probably makes up only 0.2% of, like, what actual software engineering actually oh is gosh. on average. Uh, but, like, once you break into that mode, uh, which isn't necessarily the hardest thing to do, you just have to find the right resources. Um, like, on the in terms of the actual work that needs to get done, it's not hard. Finding exactly what you need to do and, like, setting yourself up is, like, probably the hardest thing. I feel like that's just like the similar thing now with powerlifting too, because like you can't just like go naively and like just kind of do whatever you want. You kind of have to be set up properly in order to like really grow to your maximum potential and possibly even like to the elite level or even on the world stage too. Uh, so like that part is like extremely crucial. Um, and with that, you're able to like, like once you do break into tech and then, which would be pretty difficult to find those resources in the first place, like, uh, then you're kind of set as long as like, there aren't, like you don't get laid off uh even, even if you do get laid off as long as you're part of a pretty good company you're probably gonna get hired um or um and as long like you have the skill sets that match to whatever team that uh you apply for and stuff or um like or you just hope that like the stocks go don't go significantly down like for me because i'm down 80 percent right now uh, in terms of my stocks which uh, isn't Great, uh, but I'm hoping that comes up again. Um, I mean, it should uh, based on like trends that are happening uh, right now in terms of the actual stock market itself. Uh, this happens like every like every year. Like the stock will go down significantly and come up again significantly. So I'm just hoping that still holds to be true. Uh, if not, I'll be very unfortunate to see uh, my stocks because it has been quite miserable to say the least. Um, and that's Snapchat, right? Yes, yeah, so that's Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's what it'll do is you're
0: like, yo, I just lost half a million dollars. In the <laughs>
1: it's like, it, it's going to get that, that level eventually once I get like two promos essentially where like I think 80% of it is our stocks. So yeah, that's tough. But what, how do you
0: deal with something like that where it's like, holy shit.
1: It's not money until I sell it. So that's right. Yeah, yeah you're just leaving that's it in there. I just leave it in there. Just hope it goes up. If it goes out, then I'll just sell it, and I'll be good. And have like, oh, I just have to have more cash. I'll just put in on like something else. Like, I like when I say like uh, when I go back into like being able to retire in my early thirties. Like that's excluding that, that reliance on stocks. Hmm. If I relied on stocks, I can make this a lot more quick. I'm assuming that I will not in this case. So,
0: yeah, yeah. In in terms of like bouncing from another company with the with the. Everything you've done with Snapchat, if Snapchat goes away in the next couple of years, you could probably move into another company or like how would that work? Because how many apps is
1: there? I mean, like, so I could probably go into Google. I mean, I got I got in an interview at Google before. I just turned it down because they tend to lowball all, all the other like really big like Facebook uh would, like they tend to usually lowball like uh, the offers that you do receive unless they're really, really freaking good at my offer. So for example, mm. um like I had a friend who got gotten only matched up to ninety five percent of like, cause she got an offer from Snap, but she also got an offer from Google, and Google matched up to ninety five percent. So, uh, but the nice thing about Google is that at least like there's a big or a discrepancy in terms of like or deviation, I guess, between the average salary. So you can be making significantly more, but you can also be making significantly less. Uh, at Snap, it's a lot tighter, but on average, you'll make more. So uh it honestly depends on like what other offers you have from other companies and having them to like negotiate back and forth to actually take you in um which is essentially saying like you have to do like a crap ton of interviews uh to essentially make more money um it's not like the easiest thing to do but it's like probably like the well probably one of the easiest things to do because i've seen people that make would make like fifty thousand dollars per year on top of like whatever they're like whatever offer they initially received from both companies or multiple companies
2: at this point.
0: Ah, so you could get almost in a bidding war between two of them.
1: Essentially. It's basically a bidding war. So.
0: Dude, this is interesting to me. We'll get back to powerlifting, but I love this kind of, cause you know, most people look at when we bring powerlifters on.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not just to talk about powerlifting because then it's the same thing, but I do find it interesting. The variety of people we have in powerlifting. Like we have everybody from, a person who, who literally is a personal trainer at a gym to fucking doctors. Like Eli Burks runs a whole, doesn't he run a whole wing in a hospital where he's like sitting on boards, et cetera. It's like a brilliant dude who's literally saving lives. And you know, when they're like, it's not brain surgery. Well, this fucking guy can do brain surgery to like um, individuals like yourself to whatever. Powerlifting has it all, my friend. So when you get a powerlifter sitting down, I like hearing about them. In actually how they live in and how they, what the whole nine. And then now when people see you on social media, and now when people see you post, they have a better, they have contacts, more contacts anyways. Like this is the person that's posting now. Now I get a little more from it. Um, and doubling back real quick to what you're saying about how school was harder than work. We talked about this briefly as well in the lobby, but yeah. like 100%, Doug, when people, I remember when I, so I went to school for business major in marketing. But um, when you're in business and university, you got to take like economics, university level math, and you got to use the math to, uh, in terms of the economics, to try to, you know, predict the economic turns and using these fucking equations that are sheet long in accounting stats the whole fucking night. Ask me how much of that I use right now in business where I, I make a good salary pension the whole night. And it's like fucking none of it, bro. Like you don't. However, however, um, when I'm, signing up for the jobs that uh, that I am, and you're in the interview, you ask me, how are you for meeting timelines? What's your aptitude to learn? Can you work in groups, um, you know, in terms of your discipline, etc." And I can tell you it's good, or you can look at my resume, see I'm a university graduate and be like, oh, you've been tested, literally. Like, you've been, you had to learn crazy shit that you're like, I'm never going to use this in real life. No, but if you can learn like university level math, then apply to economics, then be in economic groups of 10 with people you never met. Do these projects, meet these timelines. By the time I sit in front of you in, in an interview, you're like, okay, you've been tested. I know I kind of get a, a, a gist of where you're at. So, but you're, you're right. When I remember being in university and a speaker came in and they're like, look at people talking to you about the real world. They're like, let me tell you something. I'm in the real world right now. I never fucking worked harder than anyone is in your seat in school. That is harder. So when you enter the quote unquote real world, it actually gets easier in terms of the workload, like in terms of what's the shit you've got to learn new skills, you've got to learn.
1: Um, I think it depends on like what type of job that you're pursuing. Well, that's, true. Yeah, that's like true. If you're going into like investment banking, for example, good luck. Like a lot having to have like, like a work life balance, like yourself, you're literally selling yourself sold to money at that point. Uh, yeah. I don't know any friends like that, but how bad is it? it's like the same like everybody say like be doing the same thing like as like fintech people you'd be working like 80 to 100 hours you'd just be paid less because you're not working at fintech you're working at a bank so uh and i like there uh but i had like a couple of friends that i heard of who would like literally would be in the office at like 6 or 7 a.m and wouldn't like leave until like basically sunrise of the next day uh, i heard stories of that especially when like it's getting close to like once like when they're in season I don't know too much about like uh investment making uh, so i don't want to speak on that on like on the behalf of like other people but like i just know that like uh yeah it, it can get pretty intense like uh, i would have uh so i we have something called on call um which is similar to like on call that you would usually hear where like if you get paged uh then you would actually have to go in and like do whatever you're supposed to do like as like a doctor um For software is not as bad. Like you just have to carry your laptop with you, and if you get paged, then you just have to answer it and do whatever you need to do. Um, I've gone in hours where I've worked like so. Sometimes I would work like maybe like 30 hours um, when I'm not on call. Sometimes I would when I'm on call I could work uh, anywhere from like 50 to 100 hours depending on like how many pages I do get or like alerts that I would get where I would have to fix something immediately and it might take quite a while. Like I would have like uh, I think. The worst week was like, I would, I was working on like during the weekends for about 10 hours too. And I was doing 10 hours every single day leading up to that on top of like having to like, even like offline while I'm not specifically working, like monitoring on my phone. So like that, like blocks up the secret, like, like a part of my space that I have to think about. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I did not have to do that for like something that I, I guess is like crucial for everyone else. But like, it it does hurt my head luckily it's not as bad now because i complained about it so much and that like i like put like pointing out every single thing that like goes wrong and like bringing it up to like other teams and stuff and they're like okay let's work on this and then like i actually managed to get that like now it's died down significantly luckily so um i'm on call right now so if i get paid, it's very ironic (laughs) Uh, and i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna say
2: i was gonna say how easy was it for you to take the days off to go to worlds and not be like on call while you're at in turkey
1: uh, so I have it set up so that like I was reverse shadowing because like someone was actually starting to actually be on call and I was reverse shadowing until I think the Tuesday before I actually left to Istanbul and afterwards I just took off um, and then I, I didn't have to be on call at that point. So um, it, it worked out pretty well for the most did, part. So. Did, did,
2: did you tell your bosses you're going to like a powerlifting world championship? <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, I did. I, I just put like a memo on like what they say, Hey, I'm going to Istanbul for worlds. It's wild. <laughs> and then that's it. I just left it at that. What do they think about it?
0: Like not only did you go you fucking won and not only did you win, like it was a legit representation from around the world. Like it was a, it's one of the best clashes we had at worlds. Do, do you talk to people at work about it or are they just like, I, I, I just like,
1: I, I just, like people ask me, Oh, like what you do. I'm like, Oh, I just came back from Turkey for, uh, Parallel thing, they're like, oh, cool, and then like that's it. I, I don't, I don't try to ask. <laughs> shit, I was, what's
0: wrong with these people? Follow up
1: questions.
2: You gotta, uh, you gotta hang up your gold medal on the cubicle and everything. But you on. gotta wear that
1: shit in <laughs> the first day. I <laughs> just find that a little bit weird. I'm just like, I don't want to have them like think of me like any differently. I like want. So just whatever about it, you know, like, yeah. like of things, only one aspect of my life. Like, I decided to completely separate the two if I do plan joining them and it's only within like the specific niches that I want to tackle so which is why like I'll talk about it like briefly um and then yeah that's about it if like if I happen to be friends with my coworkers, I'll talk about it a lot more because like the lifestyle that I do have like reflected around powerlifting as well but it's not like it's only literally two hours of my day at the most like four days a week maybe maybe like so I put in like 14 hours within a week, which is like a 10th of my life. So it's like, they it's, don't really do pile of like, like if you think about it that way, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Uh, like people like that should not be your entire personality. I guess. Well,
0: I was just about to say for some people,
1: it's a massive
0: part of their identity.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And if you just, make it that percentage, like if you make it 50% of your lifestyle, right? If you're relying on income and so, on and so forth then your content comes off of it, then yeah, it should, like you should talk about it because it's literally your life. But for me specifically, and I feel like for a lot of other people too, right? It's like, you work a nine to five, you probably do a lot of stuff within your nine to five. And then like, yeah, your pile of thingy. And then like, maybe like your other hobby that you might work on. And like those things are probably like smaller percentages of like what you actually do. Like, yeah, you can be very passionate about those things and like talk about them all the time. But for me personally, like I decided to make the decision to like, be like, I will only talk about powerlifting when I'm like with powerlifting people. And like, if someone's curious, then I'll talk about it and explain some stuff. Uh, but I'm not really interested unless they're like showing that interest. It, so
0: You're almost like Clark Kent, dude. <laughs> It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, doesn't it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it is, <laughs> it is cool that you show up at work, nobody fucking knows, <laughs> and then, it, but you actually have like an, an incredible amount of strength, and a, literally a world champion with USA across the chest, hitting the platform, and everything that goes with it, and, and you're on these podcasts, these, you know, people around the world, at least in the powerlifting community, are going to know who you are watch you hear you and the people at work have no fucking idea. It's like, you've got a double life. That's like, if someone actually, it's like um if somebody at my work was doing similar to what you're doing when they are in fucking pole vault, I would want to know, be like, bro, you went to the fucking Olympics. Like, like, just tell
1: me about it. Like, I uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I can definitely see that. I guess it's just like, I guess probably is way too niche for it. people. Ride, right. Like, like, would respond in that way. Like, I don't really have, like, gotten to comments from, like, uh, my church folks saying, like, oh, uh, so you do CrossFit? And I was, like, genuinely annoyed at that point. <laughs> I was We're like, done. out of all we'll the sports, here. you could have picked, like, bodybuilding, Olympic, weightlifting, you pick CrossFit out of all of them. Um, being a was an understatement for how annoyed I was. I was like, you can't just say that to me. Like, you can at least say anything else. I ain't decided to say that out of, out of that. But, I mean, like, I, I mean, it's, like, due to people's ignorance, so I'm just, like, whatever about it. So, I mean, like, if powerlifting was a little bit bigger, then maybe I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But, like, um, other than that, I try to, like, keep it away unless, like, oh, like, why aren't you doing something? I guess, like, instead of, like, oh, why don't you hang out? with us? it's, like, oh, I got to train tomorrow. That's it. So.
0: The good thing about powerlifting, because it's a strength sport, and people admire that regardless. Like, there's skill-based sports, like, against, like, pole vault again. Yeah. But you may not, in your day-to-day, admire that but everybody admires physical strength like holy shit how strong are you and you'd be like i'm pretty fucking strong (laughs) like like, to answer your question people admire that that's something that um around the world it is just like people refer to that you know it's just so it's a little different there even if they don't know powerlifting as long as they understand it's a weightlifting sport and i'm a world champion they're gonna think that's pretty fucking cool and the follow-up question is how fucking strong are you well, let me tell you some numbers. And they'll be like, holy shit.
2: They're like, holy shit, take this 24-pack of water to the meeting room for us. That's the
0: problem, bro. <laughs> you start getting signed up. Well, the uh, water cooler needs change if you can pick that thing up. Like, god damn it. But uh,
1: when you were... uh, go ahead. Luckily, like, we're way too nerdy to, like say something like that I, I think we're like way too shy as like individuals in, in the company for that to ever happen i have not gotten a single comment if anything people are like oh you look pretty fit or like what you do right it's like oh I do piloting." it's like oh i like do it competitive oh that's cool that's it that's not another that conversation Jesus. nothing else i'm just like i'm like i like i would say i'm like glad about it because like i would hate to talk about piloting like 24 7 um like within the workplace like i try to keep everything like separate and unless I like actually trying to attend to like mix the two, which like for the, for example, like, uh, you know, doing the post, like this particular podcast, like allows me to kind of talk about whatever the heck I want. So, um, but other than that, it's just like, um, I want to make sure that like, I kind of try to keep things every like separate, almost like there I feel like there's a need for me to converge between the two. So. Um.
0: I, I want to ask you. So you had said leading into the world's, we had that conversation in the lobby and I was like, dude, but you know, this is your last year as a junior. Um, you're going to be in the open. What are your expectations now that you won the junior world championships and it's going to be you and Delaney and at, at PA Nats and that worlds who the fuck knows, who knows who shows up. You got guys like Anna, you know, Jaren's from, from the UK, but different people are going to leave the juniors as well into the open. You don't know who's going to cross over. There's always rumors about like a, a Gruden could come over, you know, Russ has still been on the podcast flirting with, look at, and he says straight up, I look at this year to year. It's a year to year thing for me. If I, you know, it's not out of question that I could come back to the IPF. It just depends on what happens. What are your thoughts on now entering the open um, clashing with Delaney, possible open world championships, Sheffield, et cetera, who you might face. Have you given much thought about that?
1: I guess, like, the only thing, like, even though, like, I would say, at least at this level, I should not be thinking about numbers, but numbers, I think, are a good way of figuring out, like, where you are retrospectively compared to, like, other people, as well as, like, uh, what should technically be, like, what you should be executing on. Um, so, I'm going to say this now, probably going to bite my ass, but I'm going to try to hit 10 times body weight for nationals. Oh, Fuck. That's a big doggy. That's a huge total
0: to to uncork at PA. That's man. If that means obviously, I mean, that's more than Delaney's ever hit. He hit an eight twenty two point five. Obviously, conceivably, if he hit eight twenty two point five previously, he him on his A game should be right about there as well. Um, that'd be an absolute fucking bonkers showdown.
2: I, I guess to, uh, to frame that a little bit better, um, since you had mentioned to us before we started recording too, can you talk about like the injury you had and how it limited your total a little bit for nationals this year?
1: Oh yeah. So I've been dealing with a pec train for quite a while since October. Uh, and it's due to like me, like benching on a commercial gym bench, uh, during like a prep where I injured my adductor for squats for low bar. So I was really squatting high bar pulling conventional. And then, uh, I managed to somehow like strain like midway through with like a really whippy unstable bar and I saw I've been dealing with a pec strain for the past like uh 10 months now like I've gotten some rehab done with it uh but because I lost some like I would lose stability even though I would get more range of motion it would feel a little bit better and so it would actually affect my uh press significantly so I'd stopped doing that until and now I'm going gonna probably go back into rehab to make sure that I'm like well fitted for like this upcoming nationals I feel like if I wasn't dealing with Pec strain. I'll probably improve my bench significantly, Uh, but because of the peck strain, I've been pretty been stuck for not not stuck. Like I've been like increasing my total just very slightly, at least, or at least increasing my bench very slightly over time. So, uh, but I feel like I should be benching around like two hundred keys by now.
0: That's a big fucking bench, first off. But um, in just again to anyone listening, you you when you predict the numbers, everybody goes big but when you said i'm probably around 800 and you hit in a 797.5 with at least two and a half keys left in there it isn't just throwing out you know obviously we're far out from net pa nats but still like this is doable this is totally within the wheelhouse
1: yeah um like the fact that like so so I think the upper end the true upper end I had, I think if I was like able to actually go out, like not care about getting first, but like be able to like fully go out, I think I probably would have totaled like close to like the eight fifteen mark. Uh just because like I had a lot more room spared to squat, like probably five kilos. And in deads, I probably had like five to seven and a half. Bench I probably just keep it the same because I'm not the commands and stuff were uh not it per se. Maybe like two and a half at most. So um but like, then again, at the same time, even though I talk about like, oh, possibly hitting those numbers, or like, uh, like this is like my upper end. Until I actually hit it, doesn't really matter. Can I actually put it on the platform now? The only thing I will say is that I plan on trying to hit A25 uh, PNF, uh, or beyond that, whatever I have in, in the tank. Um, so, but A25 is probably the number I'm looking at right now to stay this, um, this competitive uh, in worlds and like in nationals as well. Do you
0: think that clinches it? Or do you think like because like Delaney's he's he's again, he's at 822.5, so he's capable. It all depends on what what comes, you know, it's it's tough to say.
1: I mean, like I so last year when I when I saw him at P Nationals, I expected like conservatively, like very easily total 815. The I think he totaled eight, like around that number, right? Or is it eight ten? Something like that. Eight
0: ten, eight twelve and a half, and a half, Something like that. Like, yeah, something yeah. like that.
1: It did not look easy.
2: Yeah, eight ten.
1: Like if I I would have been a lot more like afraid of like Delaney if he was hitting eight ten on his seconds. But the fact that like he barely managed to hit, like he scraped out eight ten and afterwards totaled less at worlds, uh, makes me a lot more confident um i mean i i'm pretty sure delaney knows about this too and probably was and probably is still pissed off about his performance so i hope that like he can like significantly improve because for me because i like one of the reasons why i wanted to go to like because i went to pa nationals and junior nationals when i saw delaney go up there i'm like okay there's no way i'm gonna win i'm just gonna like do this as me, do whatever i want um <clears throat> when i saw him on the platform actually lifting. Um, I guess disappointing is pretty accurate. So, especially because like, I was like looking at him ever since, like even before um, he got second, when he totaled a and a half at nationals um, the year before. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, once he hit a twenty two and a half and and got second behind Russ, he was obviously on everybody's radar um, since then, you know, Winning worlds and now he's going to Sheffield. We'll see what happens at Sheffield. He's got potential. I'm yeah. not sure. Like there's always variables, and with athletes, things go up and down. So you know he's already hit 822.5, and that was like a year ago. You know he could get more, but it just depends on putting it together and, and why maybe it hasn't transpired on the platform. Obviously, at worlds, you just want to clinch the to win. I don't gotta tell you, you did the same thing. So yeah, there's different variables, just win the world title, get the Sheffield. But when not, maybe now that he's at Sheffield. There's no quote unquote losing. We don't know who is, if they're going to bring a wild card where he's head to head with, that might happen. Um, and fuck.
2: But the, the losing is the, is the money. So like you may pull and go for a certain total based on what you weigh for a certain placing. So you may be focusing on like, oh, I only need five kilos more to make $5,000 more. But maybe you potentially could have totaled more if it was a battle for the win or something like that. The other X factor is we don't know yet or when we're going to know how they're going to select the team next year. What if the people doing Sheffield have to do Nationals? Or what if they don't have to do Nationals? They can just do Sheffield and use that total. So depending on the situation, there could be advantages and disadvantages to that. So maybe Delaney's not even at Nationals and Sean wins. And then they're going to have to figure out who are we picking. I
1: know some other federations are doing exactly that um I would assume like even though it's like probably the un- most unfair for me it makes the most sense I guess in terms of like like Ghilaini only having to do Worlds the only thing is he knows exactly what to hit in order to right. qualify for Worlds at this point um I kind of wish they would just kind of take all the people from Sheffield to compete at Worlds and like not have to worry about it per se and like as long as they win Worlds and they get re-qualify I think that would be a little bit better, but then it becomes unfair to like the other teams that don't have any, as many people that is going to Sheffield in terms points. So,
0: and I don't know if they have tricky. that many spots
1: as well because US has got so many. Yeah, it's super tricky in terms of like dealing with that. So, like, yeah, um, like there, it's always going to uh, be in a disadvantage to someone. Right, someone's going to like have to bite their tongue and suck it up. So, um, if I have to bite my tongue and suck it up, <clears throat> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if and I, I'm, I'm going to expect that I'm going to have to until, like, there are direct changes otherwise where, like, Delaney uh, would have to compete at Nationals to qualify for Worlds and then Sheffield. Um, but, like, again, like, things haven't been really clear at the time, so, like, at, at least at the moment. So uh, until, like, those things are, like, fully clarified and fleshed out, like, I will not know, like, what I will actually have to do. Because if I only have to worry about Delaney, right, uh, Delaney's numbers, I guess, and like, or like, if I have to only worry about Delaney because they're competing in order to qualify for the worlds, then I can just kind of put up whatever number I want. Um, right, that's if true, if too. I feel like, if I feel like it's going to be a reach for him, then I'm going to push the crap out of it. Um, the, Delaney could just easily just hit the total that he needs to hit, though, at the same time. So um, I'm still technically in the more disadvantaged position here. Um, but it would also be unfair for Delaney if, if he has to do national STEM worlds. So... Um, But like that would kind of make the most sense. Um, again, it's just tricky. So,
0: it spread. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron.
2: I I was just gonna say, yeah, it may be more difficult for those people at Sheffield that have that if they had to do both. But I could potentially see it happening because you don't want it to become a situation if we assume Sheffield stays Sheffield world and nationals all stay the same date every single year is you don't want to have it be a situation where none of your top lifters ever come to nationals. They just go to Sheffield. They win money there. They requalify for worlds. You never see Hey Zeus. You never see Delaney. You never see mm. any of these guys at nationals. So some of these federations may force them to come net do nationals so they can still keep their nationals be a high level event. And the national champion is the one who gets the spot for worlds. Just for people listening to clarify,
0: without things being solidified yet, I believe on the PA front nationals is going to be February, March Sheffield worlds, June. So then, I mean, look, it's not the craziest ask. If there's a stretch of six weeks between Sheffield Nash nationals, that's, that's a turnaround. That's a quick turnaround for sure, but it's not the craziest turnaround. It's not like, Oh my God, how can this happen? Athletes, like athletes in professional sports at the top end fucking need big turn do turnarounds like this all the time. It's kind of, it's not the greatest, but now we're in a position where there's money involved. Sheffield's got plenty of money involved um, and people are doing quicker and quicker turnarounds because it's expected. You know, you got, I got the shit go from Poland. Who's competing like constantly, man. She's like every month at a high level meets battling Jess Bittner, in a fucking sensational battle turnaround she was at junior worlds again um she probably did something in between she's she's constantly moving so there is maybe as we move forward and get bigger maybe just the expectation is i got gotcha. you it's difficult but 6 weeks if you get 6 weeks people aren't necessarily going to be giving you a whole lot of sympathy. They'll give you some sympathy and it will be a variable, but it won't be as big moving forward. And to that point though, the flip side would be, and Sean, you had a good point where you said, however, if someone could get the advantage, you're like, I get it. If I get the brunt of this, because Delaney, one Nats, one worlds go to Sheffield, maybe favoritism towards the person who's already, you know, paid their dues. So it's kind of like, if i'm the new guy trying to take what he has got you somebody no matter how it flips somebody's going to get the brunt of but um which is an honest assessment we're like somebody's going to be upset right uh i don't know i could be talked into either way but i would just say if it's around 6 weeks it's not the craziest to ask it's uh it's a variable but you see it in big time sports you see it in mega sports all the time
2: on top of it being you know whatever whatever it is 6 weeks 5 weeks or for some of the people, it doesn't matter. Like if you don't have a competitor, like if you don't, if like a Taylor Atwood or Bonica, uh, even for other countries, like a Jess Bitten or whatever, if at nationals, you don't have a close competitor, you don't have to go all out at your nationals. You just have to just make weight, hit a decent number and use that as a heavy training day for, for Sheffield. The tough part is yes, for those people who do have competitors for like a Delaney, for like a chance that have to come to nationals and go all out to win and then go to Sheffield and go all out again to win money.
0: It depends on maybe if you're Delaney and you're like, look at um, Russ has got obviously some world records there. Uh, bench would be either Owen Hubbard or Brett. I forget who ended up with the world record, but like he's not getting the bench world record. Um, you know, a lot of those records are going to be out of, uh, like reasonably out of reach, maybe the total, depending on what Delaney can do on Cork at the total. But these, it could be like, look, I'm going to go there, have fun. This is exhibition style. And maybe PA Nats is the battle. Who knows how people... React. All oh, on the flip side, chance. If chance has to deal with Keiko again, and chance doesn't want to lose the Kaiko, fuck man. And then, oh, guess what? Go to Nats now. Gavin Aiden's like, hey, I think I might want to go fucking PA. I don't know if he is. No official announcements. I don't think. Well, what if he does? That's like holy shit, PA Nats. I got Kaiko again within six weeks, and fucking Gavin and God knows who who crosses over. It's it's a, it's massive. I want to get your opinion. though. here's a couple things while we got you. Taylor Atwood has been flirting with moving to 83 for quite some time now. He's flirting, right? It's the, <laughs> it's the pretty girl that he's like, ah, oh, shit. And I think the strength guys, they like him as a 74, but the rest of the community, myself included is like my dude, if you go up to 83, two time or sorry, two division world champ in terms of the resume, Again, as a boxing UFC fan, when you become a two-division world champion, it means a little more because people, it's a lot harder to pull off. If you're an 83, go 93 and win that title. See how tough that is. It's not easy. And in powerlifting, weight classes are huge. So to be able to win a weight class up is very difficult. In terms of legacy, 15 years from now, it means there's very few multiple weight class world champions in powerlifting. It's not an easy feat to do. So if you could do that, what are your thoughts on what do you think he should do? And what are your thoughts on competing against the goal?
1: I guess it's like it depends on what his goals are, right? So if he cares about, like, maintaining the world title, right, and, like, really leveraging, like, Sheffield specifically, I feel like he should, he, should, he should just stay. If that's not necessarily his priority, but more so all the glory, then he should move up. Uh, but I feel like it'll take him quite a while for him to really fully flesh out as, like, a true 83. But he can also just kick all of our asses and it wouldn't matter, right? So it's, like, there's a possibility... And I think there's, like, a pretty good chance, like, if he moved up and, like, he just, like, didn't cut at all and decided to just go on as an 83, he probably will borrow all, all of our asses. So I would not be surprised, uh, to say the very least. Uh, I, like, again, it just depends on the goals. I guess, uh, I think he... So if I was in this position, I would probably take the money route instead sort of just staying as a semi-four and just breaking records after records after records. Because you probably could easily do that. Then you can make the same amount of money if you if you really wanted to. Um, but I can also see, like, on the glory side of, like, having two like, division world titles at this point. So
0: What if he did both? What if he – because he had 790 at Worlds, like, legit – Second attempters, like it was, it was, he's cruised to 790. Yeah. What if he decides, um, I'll go 83 at 78 kilo, whatever. So I'll qualify, go to worlds, have some fun, win a second world title. I'll get my Sheffield invite. And thank you very much. I'll show up at Sheffield as a 74. And, um, I don't got to cut a lot. We're talking like this is again, water cut style. Maybe you cut a kilo, diet off a kilo, uh, water cut the rest. And what if he tries, what if he does both? So he goes to PA Nats and Worlds as an 83, gets a Sheffield invite. Sheffield is no weight classes. You show up whatever the fuck you want. He just gets his ticket and he's like, now nah, I'm gonna collect, now nah, I'm gonna collect some bank. Now he's got the best of both worlds every year.
1: Conceivable That it, is true. Playing. That is true. I guess he could technically do that. I guess whatever allows him to hit all of those, then I guess he has to be moving out to 83, it would make sense because he could just like go back as a 74 if he really wanted to.
0: Now, flip side, what if you get a win over the goat? I
1: don't think that's happening. <laughs> I'm, like really, I'm be realistic here. Like, people are like, oh, like, how do you think about like, what, like going against Rust eventually? I'm just like, let me hit like, 10 times body weight, and then maybe I might have a chance. Let me get there first. I got to hit at least that before I can like, consider. Yeah, even though I'm like, I think I'm r- right now 10th, and uh, like within the 183s now, or the 83s now, um. But there's still a huge gap between me and fifth right now. So I'm going to try to close that gap significantly before I start to say, like, that's stuff. And on top of Taylor, like, only, t- I think he totaled, what, like, a kilo, maybe two and a half kilos, less than Russ's best total at Nationals. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I don't think I can say that at all. And that's, like, due to, like, a missed press command. Right. Literally due to a missed press command, Otherwise a 74 would have totaled it, total it easily.
0: And not any 83. Russ is Russ, fucking yeah. absolutely it's Russ for God's sake. He's as good as I mean, he's the best of the best, right? So yeah, Taylor's a special talent. Um, I, I hopefully we get to see him go all out, but like it depends, right? But eventually, maybe PA Nats, maybe, maybe worlds, because you know, we'll see what happens. Or PA Nats more likely because he won't push up the world record, so he won't fuck himself in terms of Sheffield. So probably PA Nats. The only reason why he didn't PA Nats this time, he's he had an injury. Cruised into worlds and just like slip to seven ninety, like it was literally warm ups, like it was crazy. It was it was like a like gym list for him. It was nuts of what his top end could be. It was flirting.
1: The only thing he pushed was his bench, if any. That's right. That's, that's right. Saying, You're yeah. right.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he wanted a little redemption there. So he was like, okay, this one we push, the other ones we we keep back. Um, What are your thoughts on horror facing horror, His top end. He also is a junior. Um, and his goals are huge. He wants to John Hack total world record for the junior, which I think is 813. Um, and then he wants to, he said he wanted to lure Russ back to the IPF and to force Russ's hand to come back to the IPF. So to do so, he thought, I take John Hack's junior world record, then I take uh, Russ's open world record and lure him back. Do you think these are realistic goals? Do you oftentimes think, fuck me, but what if I could do that myself?
1: I mean, so that was the plan actually for me, trying to go into IPF Junior Worlds, was to actually try to take John Hack's uh, record. I think in terms of the way it was set up in terms of my programming, I think it started to go a little bit more conservative and actually deal with what I would like, confidently hit rather than try to push out the edge. Um, maybe, if, if, maybe if I competed in Worlds like two months later, I would probably hit like actually try to hit those numbers so i like and i could like say what he wants i think it's reasonable to be honest so um the only thing i'm a little bit uh question, i'm questioning on is like him like taking Russ back like Russ has to have a pretty good incentive like I, i'm pretty sure we would have to out total his best total which is what i think 843 right so um mm-hmm. and like even then like we got to find out what he does at nationals next year because he might total like let's say 850 860 then why would he want to go back you know if it's going to just slaughter everyone else so um like i think like we would have to probably push around 840 845 for world like russ would even consider to be honest but this is my own take i don't know how russ is going to approach this i don't think also for him like because he's such a ha- he ha- has such a huge audience with uh, with the U.S. and also with GBT and everything else, I think it makes more sense for him to, like, stay within that realm and really grow his brand. If that's his goal. But if he wants to do it for honor, it makes sense for him to eventually, like, go back to Worlds once um, we're around, like, we're breaking his total, so.
0: And certainly if, um, I mean not to keep pushing on this Taylor moon 83, but if Taylor moves to 83, Russ has been on the podcast several times and said one dude that makes me, he's like, I'm not nervous about anybody. He's like, as a matter of fact, when I go into the warm up room, I usually look around and, and I feel like I can impose my will and be like, like I've beaten most of you guys several times over. And like, you know, he feels it. He feels super confident and whatever. But he's like one guy that I feel like when I'm in the warm up room, I look across and I see him, and I know I'm not going to intimidate him. I know he's he's feeling the same way about me I am about him about my abilities to beat him would be Taylor Atwood. So if Taylor goes 83, not only do we got young guns like you and Ahoro who have like your gains have been phenomenal, young man, like you've put on so many kilos onto your total so quickly, um, you know, relative to powerlifting speaking, some guys scratch to throw 10 kilo on their total in the span that you've thrown fucking, I had your open powerlifting. with like you were at 700, not too long ago. And boom, how you like me now? Let's take a look at this real quick. Let's talk facts, shall we? So you were at 700 in 2021. Holy shit. And now uh, 2022, you're just shy of 800 kilos. So to get perspective now, obviously the higher up you get Gains are slow. I'm not expecting you to be at 900 by the time we talk this next year. But nevertheless, you and Ahoro, there's some young guns on the way up. Um, yeah, who knows? The, these, these, these stars can align and, and maybe we could have Russ come back and it'll be an absolute super showdown, especially if it happened at Sheffield. Um, looking at some of these other young guns, I- including the fellas that you just battled with at Junior Worlds, who's one that you're anticipating will be a future rival? And you're like, yeah, I got to worry about this guy.
1: I think just all of them that I competed against, to be honest. I mean, cause like, again, we, I could, if I missed my third, I would have lost. Right. Uh, like the fact that like, yeah, like I would have like the only way to win now at this point, right. Within at least junior worlds is to hit all your attempts. If you don't hit your, all your attempts. Like, or if one guy wins, like hits all his, like hits all his, his attempts, like, and like he's like competitive, he will win. And that's just, like, how it is now, as, at least within the 83s. So, like, because of that, I think that, in, like, that competition is going to, like, happen still because, what, three out of the four of us are aging out. Um, right. I feel like Nathan does have the potential to actually do the Open, too. So, like, but who knows? Um, honestly, I could see this happening, like, where we battled out for quite a while, where, like, someone else wins, someone else loses. Or it could also just be, like, we just happen to be thrown in the rubble. Who knows? Um, but I like to think optimistically about my competitors because I always assume the best of my competitors and assume the worst for myself in terms of competing because then I would then know what I need to realistically hit, like, into, like, not necessarily numbers in the at the gym per se, uh, but, like, give true respect to my competitors in that aspect and then from there, like, do whatever adjustments I need to make sure that, like, I'm set up so I can confidently win. So,
0: yeah, amongst um, to your point, amongst those top end lifters who are at the junior worlds, and these are the fellas that were in contention. You were the only one that went nine for nine. Yeah, which probably made all of the difference. I mean, you're right; it's close enough that going nine for nine clinched it. If you overshot ju- on one of those lifts, things could have changed on you. Yeah, uh, that's easy. why I like your 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 handle is like almost ironic because you stay in the pocket in training, you go night, you stayed in the pocket in competition. And because you stay in the pocket in training competition, like that's why you're a world champion right now. It's almost ir- ironic right now, right? I now
1: on the shoots now because I said it, like I put it in that forum in, for PA nationals. If I, under, if I win and sandbag worlds, should I change it to Sean underscore sandbags? And the people like, it was, I think like 85% said yes. Uh, and then from there, I think I think it was yesterday or the day before I asked, oh, should I change to Sean Sandbags or Sean Undershoots? And if you like Sean Undershoots, I, I think that's, that's true. So I I think this, like, under- the integrity of the original handle. So <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Um, it'll be
0: interesting, man, to see when you go into the open, because Sean's going to have to fucking shoot for the moon is, is what's going to have to be the shoots. When you go against Delaney, if Delaney's 100, it'll be an interesting
1: battle. I guess we'll find out. I know Delaney doesn't really post his training, so but I do live like only a couple miles away from him. So the fact that we won't like, there's a good chance that we will butt heads like in person. Maybe training.
0: Fuck, man, you guys should do a squat session together or some shit. Holy fuck, would that be a phenomenal? You guys are gonna overshoot the shit out of that training day. uh, No,
1: no, I I do not go past whatever I'm set to cap to be, otherwise my coach would yell at me. So. I actually, like, I just follow the caps. That's all I do. I'm set at, a, like, percentage cap that's just bumped up every week. I never go past it. Maybe, like, at most, like, a two. Mm.
0: That's it. Mm.
2: So. Next thing we see is uh, Sean's going to be in the TikTok videos with Delaney and Taylor.
0: Oh, fuck. Are we, are we? Uh, I don't know. That's not my scene. <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely
1: not my scene. Definitely are you, not my scene. <laughs> are, you on, are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I'm debating on deleting it, though, because, like, some of the comments are... Atrocious! I'm just like I'm, I'm losing brain cells. I, I feel <laughs> the same way about IG, but Instagram, but like TikTok is significantly worse. But so. you're—it's—it's it's weird. Well, it's not—it's
0: weird, no way. Right. Obviously, this is like you're—you're you're in this like business in terms of tech, etc. But I do understand, um, you know, like TikTok is—it's a different scene, right? It's a—it's uh, yeah. skits dance it's not even dancing anymore it's 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 molded it started off with dance and it was what do you do dances but nobody really does dance as much anymore now it's turned into skits and and memes and whatnot like what are your thoughts on some of this i already know that but maybe you could express your thoughts on how this is impacting powerlifting
1: so i think in a sense it has grown powerlifting as a that's grown to like the extent that it has maybe not necessarily um because i have i have heard at least with a couple of my friends that like lived at like these tiktok gyms or like with these influences when that when in reality they're not big where they just do dumb stuff and like not focused on actually just training you know it's fine to have a conversation here and there like you know sometimes i hang out around in the gym especially when i barbell a for like five six hours at a time just because i want to talk with people like there's a time and moment where like you know to encourage each other like in terms of like hyping each other off the list and stuff. Um so I but in terms of growing the sport it did its job in terms of like the people that we have aren't necessarily the greatest. But I think it's also because like we attracted a very young audience and I'll just take some time for them to just mature, Mm. which you know is fine. Like I guess like that's like the consequence of that happening. I guess we just have to accept that based on like the people that are, I guess, on like the face of the TikTok side, the power specifically, um, where like they would look up to like these lifters per se, so. It,
0: I, yeah, I mean, I see both. I, I've seen, um, like I've seen you had posted in your stories previously and I see both sides where it's like doing meme lifts, so to speak, where people are doing like straps, heavy singles constantly, it's not the competition standards because you can't have straps, period, obviously, right? It's, it's, no. it's in the edge of your fingertips, whatever. Um, so it's, it's not, it's giving a false impression to some people. You're lifting for views, you're lifting for whatever. To an extent, we all do things for views. Sometimes people do even like hot takes for views. I'm not saying that's what you do, but like we all do certain things for, for traction. I honestly believe you like this, is how you feel. But like there are some people who create a personality online that when you meet them in real life, you're like, you're not really like that in real life. Like you're not the hot take guy in real life. Whereas, um, so everyone does certain things, right? So then there's like, you could go back and forth. We're we're all to an extent like this. And then you also have a good point too, where it's like to attract overall masses or the youth, you might get them in the door one way. And then when they get in there and they hook up with a coach, the coach might be like, yes, I got you. You saw this on TikTok. You saw this on social media, but how you become actually, the next, um, whether it's Sean Taylor, Russ, whatever is actually going to be, and then you start working with your coach. So then it's like, is it, is it, uh, reasonable to bring people in a door one way? And then once they get in the door, we start, you know, they start adapting and maturing and finding out, I don't know, man, it's what it's, it's all, or, or is it some people like it's negative, it's hurting the sport. It's, um,
1: I, I, I there's arguments to both. I think, on average, or at least right now, I think it's been better for the sport. I could see it easily turning the other side if it gets out of hand. Mm. I think right now we're at a relatively good pace. I think we might be a little, a tiny bit behind in terms of like what's actually is should be displayed in order to be like, you know, an amazing athlete. But at the same time, like that might not be a priority for some of these guys. Some of them just might want to like the fact that it can pull 800 with straps or with a bar, nothing wrong with doing that, but like uh, not competition standard, if you're not competing IPF, uh, USAPL, then why bother? Um, but I guess it's just like, it's up to you in terms of like, who are you trying to attract? And people have different audiences that they want to tackle and hit. And if they want to be more controversial or like, like do these bizarre things, I don't necessarily find that wrong, Um, especially if they're doing it well right Mm. i guess it's more so like if you expect to do well on the platform doing all these things it's ridiculous it's dumb. like you'll never see anyone like really overshooting during prep like everyone's at least at the top level like everyone stays relatively in the pocket like you cannot afford to overshoot like even like a slight mistake could set like set you up like permanently like for, for the rest of that prep. Mm-hmm. So, which is why it's extremely crucial. Like, like, yes, you can do all these random things, but at the same time, like if you don't set yourself up and you expe- expect something else, you're an idiot. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, look at you can, uh, and maybe people start doing a balance where it's like my last competition, like leading into worlds. <laughs> if, if your coach sees you with straps, pulling eight hundo, they're going to be like, Sean, what the, What are we doing here, man? You got fucking Turkey, but Turkey's done. Now yeah. you have a huge gap and you're like, I'm going to play a little bit. It, it depends too. It depends. Like I'm not saying you're going to, but um, no, I'm not
1: if, going to. I I was <laughs> really debating it. Uh, I was actually going to debate on doing like conventional deadlift and it's on the deadlift because I'm not doing a single deadlift on, on a deadlift bar. Everyone's been doing that. I want to go conventional. But then I just tried, tried, like, even doing 585, I'm just like, wow, my lower back is tilting. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, no, that was humbling. Uh, Don't yeah. eat that out there. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it. I'll just, I'll just stay in the pocket and just do what I got to do for this offseason. So, but you were saying before. Um, yeah. Okay. So I got a couple questions before we let you go. Arian, do you have a couple
0: questions you want to fire off there? Are we good? Okay. So this time of year from now, what will you have accomplished?
1: um hopefully i would hit 800 in training at like seven to eight that's the goal for you know whatever happens or like if i'm doing rep work that it would be like projected to be that if i were to hit singles so uh whatever that would be um so that's the main goal hopefully I'll also get my promo uh like or like at least be considered for it uh because we do have like uh, performance reviews like towards the end of the year and then so hopefully I get back and get that promo. Um, but otherwise I'm, I'm just trying to grow like kind of the way I want to project myself in terms of like being brutally honest and kind of saying whatever's on top of my head. Um, uh, not immediately, of course, now at this point, because <laughs> uh, I don't want to get flagged for it. But I think um I think I'm like going towards a good path and I have people uh that's gonna who are gonna support me and like will like hold me back if I need to be pulled back. So I have a pretty good community right now, like, and a set of people that I can reach out to that were willing to support me from like every single part of like the powerlifting scene. So.
0: And that's what proper support is, man. Not a yes, man, but everybody needs a circle that you trust and you trust their opinion where they're like, you're like, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I'm thinking about saying this out loud. What do you think? And that's like, that's maturity, right? When you get older, you're like, oh, it's not the worst thing in the world to actually recognize people care what I say now. Like, this is no longer I'm yelling into the wind. Um, I'm yelling into a community and people are going to take away from and maybe take away not how I intend. Even if you're like, I'm going to post this, just help me word this so that it's airtight. That happens too, man. That's actually not, it's growth, but also growth in terms of your market and reach, which is is exciting, man. But, you know, um, in terms of titles, what titles will you have this time next year? Will you be the open world champion this time next year?
1: I would hope so. I just only got to make sure I clutch out the win on nationals and uh, whatever that looks like and qualify for worlds. So, whatever numbers I need, I will put that up. That's it.
0: And when um, I'm trying to get sound bites out of you, obviously, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you recognize <laughs> it. You're already choosing your words. I like it, man. You're off. Already... I, mean,
2: I mean, it sounds like he's saying nationals is going to be harder than worlds. Well, it
1: might be
0: potentially. Worlds <laughs> might be a rematch of nationals too. Like, who the fuck knows? Like, it's hard to say. I got you. Um, I'm trying to get Aerie and some good thumbnail quotes as well. So, bear with me. <laughs> um, uh, how about in 15 years' time, when you look back at your powerlifting career and you're talking, you know, you're retired. Me and you got that fucking, you know, apartment we always talked about, right? (laughs) And uh, we're we're Oceanside. It's, look, we're just friends. We're just friends, man. I got my own wing. You got your wing. It is what it is. We're on the beach. We're talking. We're reminiscing. Um, How do you want to be remembered for your powerlifting career?
1: Ooh, that's kind of tough. I guess the guy that tries to be completely honest and, um, I think there's a lot of info that isn't out there that should be out there for not just powerlifting, but everything else. So, um, and I want to just target those people specifically, if I can change one person's mindset and actually interact with them and witness it, I think like that's a bigger accomplishment for me personally than like the world title.
0: Well, I'm yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, maybe that, that world title is going to help you do that ironically enough, like that, the more yeah. you start winning, the more people are going to start listening. And then you're like, okay, good. Let yeah. me use this attention for, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, we got to do it again. You are, I think like you need this kind of platform to talk, you know, you could be taken wrong ways, just in copy and it's easier if you can, you know, you got a long format to like articulate your thoughts and be like, this is what I'm thinking. Let me explain what I meant. That's the tough part about like Instagram, et cetera, right? It's, it's tough, man. To and people take it and run with it, but the door is always open my man. And you got some battles coming up that are going to be super duper exciting. So we're, we're going to have to co- have you back.
1: Of course. Uh, I just looked at the KOTL comments that I made a comment on. I started roasting people on it. People are not happy with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I haven't really seen it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't
0: seen it, but it is what it is. Um, so, uh, having said all that, is there anybody you, you want to thank before we let you go?
1: Uh, I got to thank my coach, Jaron, uh, for dealing with my BS. And uh, even though I didn't trust him at certain points, uh, he got me to where I'm at, and I would not be a world champion without him. So I'm really grateful for him. I love the man to death uh, and I will not swap him out for anyone else.
0: There it is. All right. Uh, Well, thank you for coming on my man. And um, we'll keep a contact. And until next time, listen, everybody, wherever you're listening, subscribe, give us high ratings, all the nine. Until next time, six pack lab at six up and we are out.